I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we are honoring the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams. He was a famous actor and humanitarian who used his extensive talents to entertain us. He also used his creative abilities in ways we're finding out more and more every day to help uplift other people and empower our communities, making him a very special person. He participated in our Street Soldiers Push for Peace town halls. He was a very strong advocate against violence, especially against gun violence. And he was an advocate for peace and also involvement in the uh, political system, in our communities, and helping everybody out. So we're going to talk about his work, all aspects of it, who he was, the challenges that he overcame with our panel. Joining us, Clayton Davis. He's the Film Awards editor and host of The Talk at Variety. Clayton, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist and also with Toro College. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Joaquin Wadin. He's the CEO of Rough Riders and did what may very well be the last interview that Michael K. Williams did before he passed away. Wow, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. First of all, I want to say my condolences and our condolences of, of everyone here on the show at Hot 97 and at Fox 5 to the family, the friends, the colleagues, all of the people who had worked with Michael K. Williams, who loved him and, and who were touched by his life and to his fans as well. Because a lot of people are really feeling this. You can see it in the posts on social media. You can see it in the expressions and the interviews that people are giving. And so our condolences and our hearts go out to all of you. And for those of you who didn't know him that well, want to kind of understand the depth of his accomplishments and the breadth of them. That's why we're doing this show. So Clayton, give us an idea of the body of work? Because a lot of people remember him from The Wire, but he did so many things. Yeah, he's one of those classic character actors, one that has been sprinkled all throughout uh, film and television in the industry. And what makes him so prolific, and I compare him to to a career like Philip Seymour Hoffman. When when we lost Philip Seymour Hoffman years ago, um, we felt felt that ripple effect in in the industry. What makes Michael K. Williams' uh, loss so profound is that not only was he one of our greatest living actors, it speaks to the talent pool that we have in Hollywood for Black creatives. And what that what, what I mean by that is, you know, when, Phil, when we lost Philip Seymour Hoffman, I mean, he was a loss, but we have so many in the pipeline ready to come and take the charge and and and, and you know, live that legacy in a career and represent for the industry. Michael K. Williams, we have black creatives that are talented that could fill that, that opportunity, but they're not given that same opportunity. So when we lose a Michael K. Williams, we feel it and we see it and we're going to see it for years to come. Same thing happened last year when we lost Chadwick Boseman, right? Those, those great artists, you know, we, we don't have, we don't, we don't see Hollywood moving fast enough to fill that talent pool. So when something like this happens, it's so incredibly tragic that we can still have people to look up to. He was a guy from the block right. that made it and it was still on the block. Like, and like on, his I, I, terms, it, on his own terms, on his own terms. It's one of the, on his own terms, you know, and we don't see that enough. And he, he was, he was a great inspiration to so many of us. Dr. Jeff, why do we feel this so strongly? And especially for black men, this is like a a very, very tough blow. 
Well, uh, certainly, I think uh, reflecting what Clayton has said, uh, this was someone from the block, a lot of uh, uh, young black men, uh, especially identified with him because of the roles that he played and the fact that he came up sort of the hard way from uh, some of the things that we know about him. Um, I, I think the other thing, of course, is watching him play these very, very um, um, difficult roles, but roles that were lauded uh, even by President Obama. Obama, uh, he felt like he was part of our family. We, when we looked at him, we were looking at ourselves. When we looked at his struggles and the parts that he played, we saw ourselves. When we found out that he had died, we knew that, you know, there go by the grace of God, you know, this could be me. And while you, you spoke with him, you had a very long conversation with him for your upcoming new podcast series, Rough Road. You told me you talked with him for about two and a half hours. What, what were your impressions of him when you're, you're sitting there across from the table in that studio talking with him? I mean, with Michael, it was a lot of um, connection there. We, we, had a, um, we did a tribute together with DMX. I just, you know, we lost my brother DMX, the late great DMX. And in the cockpit, we had... Um, a moment, me and him at, at the um, rehearsal in, at BET Awards in, in LA. And so when I got on the stage to do my rehearsal part, I seen him on the right, right hand side. When I walked out, his spirit reflection of DMX was in him. I mean, I, he had, they had like this strong presence. And I seen him and I was like, yo, you know, Diggo X. And, and so his, you know, me and him clicked from that day on. And um, we 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 represented X in a tribute. It was beautiful, you know, for the world. It was only four minutes, and then I I started to work on this road, uh, rough roads, and the rough roads just you know represents brothers and sisters and that went through a lot of struggles that's successful. And um, they asked me who I want to interview. So I said I want to interview um want to interview Michael K. Williams. He 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 impacted my life, and he's a reflection of my brother DMX. And when I got with him in uh, in this interview, I mean, it was so flawless in his everything. He opened up so like this interview was two and a half hours, almost three, that his interview, he opened up his whole soul and his spirit to us. I mean, I really want to, you know, one day be able to show y'all this, 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 this epic, epic interview that I I, I think that he was just really putting it out there in our open, talking about his whole life and how things was happening in his life. He talked about his spirituality, he talked about his growing up. You know, I, you know, we really talked about um, how we build, he have a, a company called We Build the Blocks and I have a company called Rough Riders to the Rescue. So, you know, we, we're doing community work right now and he's, you know, we, matter of fact, a week before he passed, he called me and he wanted me to come to Queens. I mean, to um, New Jersey to meet a guy by the name of Marcus. And I wasn't able to make it. But, you know, we're going to do some great things and continue his legacy. In, in, his, in his honor, most, de most definitely. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're honoring the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams. We'll be back right after this. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams. We have a great panel doing just that, remembering him, talking about him and his impact 
on all of us. Joining me, Clayton Davis. He's the Film Awards editor and host of The Take at Variety. Clayton, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist and professor at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Joaquin Wadin. He's the CEO of Rough Riders and also the host of a new podcast called Rough Roads. And he did what is probably the last interview that Michael K. Williams ever did before he, pa he passed away. Wa, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. We really appreciate it. While you meet a lot of people, you've known a lot of people, you work with a lot of people, super big celebrities who say they want to work with the community, they want to help other people out. What struck you about Michael when he said that to you? I mean, Michael, Michael, um, with his program, we build the blocks in New York City. It was, um, we was just vibing, you know, it really struck it was us. We doing a program called Rough Riders to the Rescue Community Watch Four Point System and Trouble Areas. Our, our, our mission is to save the, the youth, um, bring them together, stop the violence. And I was talking to him about that program. We, we in um, Rochester, Yonkers, Mount Vernon, Queens, um, Manhattan, we adopted five points. Uh, you know, we do membership everywhere across the country. We have over 400 to 500 chapters worldwide. And shout we, out to you and all your members because you guys do a lot of important yes, work. Rough Riders Lifestyle is, is a membership community by clubs, chapters, brotherhood, and sisterhood. So what we're doing is we rebuild the community with the, with the, with the chapters that we have over the last 20 years, and then we're gonna adopt every project in a four points of the neighborhood and use our mm -hmm. formula. And he, I told him about that and he pretty much was like, oh, I'm right on it. This is what we need to do. And he invited me to a couple of programs. Uh, he's, he was on fire. So he, he, me and him was going the same direction. Plus he have the energy of X. So if I don't know if you really look at Michael, him and X is like brothers. And he told me, he's like, um, him and X was supposed to do a was supposed to do a movie together. Really? Yes, he was supposed to do a movie together. Like the day they talked, and then the two days later, X passed away, and he was sick over that. And then, and then you know he was he was just really heavy about really giving back. But you know, he, Michael was Michael was special. I mean, this interview has so much information. That I never, he was giving up information I never even asked for an interview. They said, you did a great interview. I said, I ain't do nothing. This guy, he ran with this interview. Well, no, that is a great interview. Then when, when the person feels that they can talk like that. Clay, we talk about, and we, we talked about this with you a number of times on various Street Soldiers episodes, implicit bias in the quote unquote mainstream journalism when it comes to especially men of color, people of color, but especially black men. And in terms of there being like a different set of standards, kind of a different vocabulary and it's almost like a subtext it's 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 like a it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is or the exact words but do you feel that michael k williams got the recognition in the industry and from his peers that he deserved for his talent yeah uh, listen i think th this panel is a great example right now and and i want to always say out loud so the industry hopefully can hear me Black people, as, long, as, as well as like, like, I'm black and Puerto Rican, so black Latinos, we're not monolithic. We are, we represent so many different areas. Like a black person's experience in Brooklyn 
differs from a black person's experience in Mississippi and California and so forth. You know, we have a doctor here. We have a professor. You know, we have the Rough Riders here. You have me and journalists like we, we can come from any different backgrounds and, the, and people have not caught up to that. And Michael K is another piece of that puzzle, you know, seeing that you can deliver a nuanced, fierce, uh, uh, d- completely deep performance in any character you inhabit, make it look just easy. Like, like you are that person at the, at the expense of your own, soul insanity because we know how much he would dive into you know the professor spoke about that uh just 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 short ago and you know we're still going to get you know even though it's again incredibly sad we don't have him we're getting two more michael k williams films coming up you know he's going to be uh in a western cult surrounded because the black cowboys are 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 coming back you know in in, uh in hollywood or i say coming back being depicted for the first time and he also has a another film uh called 892 so we're gonna get two more projects uh in the future and i think now people will sit and watch those films with a little closer eye with a little more uh vibrant uh attention than we than people wouldn't have if he was still here because we'll be able to actually watch and see how great he is and what he's actually doing. And I think the other thing too, Dr. Jeff was he was so effortless and kind of moves through all kinds of worlds, like a very sophisticated setting, he would be comfortable there, traveled around the world internationally a lot with his partner, with others, you know, comfortable there, comfortable in the acting environment. And then he pick up a megaphone on Pickin Avenue in Brownsville for a community event and be just as comfortable there. Like no matter where it was, it wasn't like, I need my bodyguards. I need my advanced people. I need my driver. He was, he was just like, he would just be there. How extraordinary is that for somebody at his level of accomplishment? Well, uh, and I think uh, Joaquin spoke about that. This was a person who was not, you know, into uh, being a certain way or I'm a star and I don't have to spend time with you. This is someone who really, truly cared about humanity and cared about others. Uh, But I do like this, uh, what you're saying. Uh, This really speaks to the, and I have to do the professor thing here, Clayton. Uh, This speaks to- Yeah, this this speaks to the plasticity of the mind, right? Uh, Being able to uh, uh, adapt uh, and being able to do so many different things and do it so well and really, you know, just be able to take on any particular situation and master that situation. It talks a lot about not just regular IQ, academic IQ, but it talks about social IQ. But here's the thing I want to bring up to 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 all of you, to you, Lisa, to to our our, audience. Uh, uh, audience here. While he was doing all of those things, think about the energy that it takes to play all of these different roles, roles that he really, um, uh, in many ways, not only engaged in, but owned, whether it was in film, whether it was a live audience, or whether it was out in the world speaking to other people. Yet at the same time, what kind of emotional pain was he in throughout all of this? How did he gather that energy and still be able to show his best and to inspire people while at the same time? And I can only suppose here that he was dealing with his own psychological issues and demons at the same time. All right. We're going to talk. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to add to that, like, you know, with 46 film credits, 36 uh, TV credits, 
like, you know, he's, he was on the grind since 1996, you know, at 56 years old, which by the way, just again, I wish he looks younger than me now. And I'm not 56 yet. You know, like Michael K had this energy that not a lot of people do. Like when I say he made it look effortless, I'm not just saying it as a, as a term, like he just made it look so easy. And anyone who looked up to him needs to realize like how hard this man had, had to have worked to get to the place he was, you know, and then when he goes home and closes the doors, it's probably just a different story internally, you know, let, a, let us, let alone anything else outside of that. Right. And we'll never know that, but uh, we're talking about the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams. Joining us, Clayton Davis. He's the Film Awards editor and host of The Take at Variety. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist and also professor at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Jeff, great to have you with us. You got it. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Joaquin Wadeen. He's the CEO of Rough Riders and also the host of an upcoming podcast called Rough Roads. He was, I believe, one of the last people, if not the last, to actually interview Michael K. Williams in person. Well, great to have you with us. Great to be here, Lisa. Well, what did he talk with you about, if you if you can share that with us, about how did he deal with his struggles? Because from some of his co-workers that I've talked to who weren't able to be with us because of their shooting schedules um, on, on this, this particular episode, they said that when he wasn't filming, when he wasn't playing a role, he would be training, he would be working out, he would be constantly involved with the community activities, like really trying to make a conscious effort to, to stay productive. What, what can you tell us about that maybe you learned or, or you heard from your interview with him about how when he was feeling, you know, the demons as he described them, how he would handle that? Well, basically he was tapped into, when we had a conversation more about spirituality. He was getting in tune more with his spirituality that um, he was saved again. He was a Christian. He said he was saved. There was a, um, a preacher or a priest that was, in Jersey that he met and he was doing a wire at that time. Um, but the, you know, when he went to this church with a friend of his, the, the preacher never, never, never heard of him, but everybody inside the, the church is screaming, Omar, Omar, Omar. And, um, he's like, well, who the hell, who's this Omar guy? He said, what's your name? He, he said, my name is Michael K. Williams. I wrote it down. And so they, uh, they had a moment. And this this preach this priest was um, very connected to him, that that helped him go through his ups and downs and spiritually, you know, keeping him grounded through all what he's been accomplishing. And his 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 um his preacher passed about a year ago, uh, just recently, not too right. long ago. He was really devastated about that because that brother um, really kept his spirit up, you know, kept him you know focused. Years for many years and he just lost one of his best friends. Um, I don't want to say a name wrong, but it was a young lady that he lost, that he grew up with just recently a year ago. So he was being, he being attacked on multiple levels, mm. but you know, how he stayed in tune was his spirituality. He was really in tune with, you know, staying spiritually grounded. So we start doing prayer 
um, dealing with his demons. He's, he said that, you know, he was, um, he had, you know, he had, you know, rehabs and places that he went to, but he, he said it was all that third party there that was waiting for him to relapse or go backwards or whatever. Right. And he stayed strong through spirituality. So his, um, him being touched through the, you know, DMX and him, he was like, they more, they were so like brothers, like they had right. the same, same issues. Right. Cause X had but that he, tremendous spirituality too. The prayer yes, the, that he drew up. You always had that tug of war. So, you know, Michael, um, Michael is, is blessed, you know, nothing happened without the permission of God it happens um, at his time. We all know one day we will be there, you know, um, hopefully he being um, in paradise and Jenna and um, may he, um, may his family, you know, be have condolences family and, you know, make sure that they good. If we can support them, we there. Um, Michael's, Michael's the truth. I only met him really once in this conversation. Um, I see him a couple of times before, but his spirit's always been overwhelming, loving. He was all no, about the, giving. I think I think so too. Like you, you see it even in the cli the clips from him and the and the one that you shared with us from from the podcast where he talks about I love you all. I love I love you all, Doctor Jeff. In terms of this, is there a cumulative effect on you know My Michael Michael K Williams went through a couple losses that Wad just described for us. Close friend, this minister that had been in in. Uh, Newark or Irvington, I believe, who had been kind of his, you know, guidepost and just his support system for years and years and years. Is there a cumulative effect of that kind of loss on us that just kind of we reach a point and it's it's like a breaking point? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I thank you for following up on uh, Joaquin's uh, discussion about all of these people uh, who are so important anchors, uh, people who kept him grounded, the spiritual warfare uh, that they accompanied him through. Uh, and I think there's a lesson that we need to learn here. We learned some of it from uh, the passing of the great DMX. We're learning it from Michael K. Williams. We've learned, we're learning it from so many people that fame by itself is not the cure for many of the traumas and the psychological issues and the things that have happened to people through life. Uh, as a matter of fact, fame may exacerbate a lot of the pain that they have. It can be curative, but most often it puts them in a spotlight where they can't breathe, uh, where they don't have the proper supports around them. And so we've got to understand uh, and and. Everyone needs to treat their relatives or friends with the same importance of a Michael K. Williams. If you have someone in your life who is struggling with drug addiction, psychological issues, and they're starting to lose those anchors, they're starting to, uh, uh, to slip away. It's so important that we come together as a family, as friends, as a community, and then begin to shore them up by making sure that they do get another clergy person in their lives, a psychological person in their lives, that we are keeping an eye on them and making sure that they are surrounded with love and be able to give them the healthy things that they need. We need to know that this is a time for crisis intervention and to put them in a place where they can begin to walk again in a healthy manner. No, absolutely. 
Can, can, I, can, I, can I add to that? And yeah. Dr. Jeff, I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, one thing I want to add to that, I think, again, media coverage of, of, of uh, deaths in our industry is always the assumption that no one loved this person or they didn't have, you know, someone surrounding them. I, I saw some real dumb takes out there, you know, saying like, you know, he should have reached out for help or, or he should have done like so it, no one says that he did not. And he, and he seemed like he had a lot of love around him. You know what that love looks like. I think Dr. Jeff, that's what you're speaking to. You know, it's about that healthy support system. You know, that's something that we all can learn. But I think this assumption by some that, you know, he, he like this, is, this shows that no one loved him. That's always been uh, something that bothered me in the industry. But one thing I also do want to add is, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to go a little spiritual here uh, and believing in serendipity and everything happens for a reason. Michael Kay's career, I think, kept him for us. When I say us, like for black and brown community, people from the block, because, you know, The Wire it seems to be like the most accessible thing for people outside our community to access to say, oh, we knew Michael K. Williams from that. But we don't realize how close he came to portraying Django. In Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained, he was almost going to do that film until he had a uh, he had scheduling conflicts with Boardwalk Empire. Wow. He campaigned hard for the role of Black Manta in Aquaman, and he, everyone forgets that he filmed and shot uh, the villain Dryden Voss in Star in the Solo, a Star Wars uh, movie, and then when it had to go for reshoots. Uh, he couldn't, he, he had a scheduling conflict, couldn't do it. And they had to reshoot all his uh, roles and gave the role to Paul Bettany. So there's been this opportunity for Michael to really explode in the mainstream that didn't happen. And while that could be looked at as a, you know, as a tragedy and, and sad, just like guy can't catch a break, it kept him for us this whole time. So I just want to speak to that. I think, I think that really made him more accessible, right? kept him closer. It did come. All right. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're honoring the life and legacy of Michael K. Williams with Clayton Davis. He's the Film Awards editor and host of The Take at Variety. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Dr. Jeff Gardier. He's a clinical psychologist and professor at Toro College of Osteopathic Medicine. Dr. Jeff, thanks so much for being with us. Always good to be with you. Thank you. Also with us is Joaquin Wadin. He is the CEO of Rough Riders and the host of a new podcast called Rough Roads. Well, great to have you with us. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Wow. What did you, you're a person that, you know, throughout your career, you've continued to grow and continue to develop it with all these great business things, personal things, community and charity things that you've been doing. What was your takeaway from your two and a half hour conversation with Michael K. Williams? Was there something he said that you feel is going to change your life? Well, you know, what changed me with Michael is that um, really we're just brothers of, of a light. You know, we come from the community, urban community, raised in broken families, uh, spiritually ground, you know, grounded, you know, awoken, you know, spiritually awoken and 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 want to be as humanitarians. 
So, you know, a lot of brothers um, that some some brothers and sisters like to get back and go back into the community to make a make a difference. And that's what, you know, my heart with him and DMX, it was so, so impactful for me because we always giving back. No matter how much success we have, you may have like a couple of hundred thousand, million dollars. And we like, well, half of that's going to the community. So they'll be like, what? No, you're going to do that. Oh, no. They had special spirits. You know, God sent them here for a mission and do certain things, and it was done. And, you know, that was really touch, touching to me because spiritually he was, he put, he's a vessel that put so in involved, the work yeah. to help people. And he did a great job doing it. And now we just have to continue his legacy and DMX legacy and work and work and, and build. With the community, with the community work, definitely. The hey, community we- work and stay in, 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 in motion, keep things going. Go ahead, my fault. No, no, no problem. We'll definitely keep definitely keep the community thing going in his memory for sure. Clayton, in, in terms of in terms of for, for aspiring young black actors, the guys in particular, I mean, Michael K. Williams, from everything you say, he just sounds like he was just he was like constantly working, working, working. That's got to yeah. be that's got to be progress on some level. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's progress that he would that he was in as many things as he as he was um, and that he was as grounded as, as he was. You know, one, one thing I never want to lose sight of is that, at, you know, Michael K. Williams, yes, an actor, you know, yes, an inspiration, you know, to, to the entertainment community, still a human, still a black man, still a family man. He was a father. You know, he, he you know, he had, he had a twin sister who was a council uh woman here in, in, in Los Angeles, um, or in California, uh, rather, you know, uh, I think there's this assumption when I, when we talk about, you know, a guy from the block, uh, that he was a thug and he's famous for saying, I'm not a thug. Like, and I think there's too much of right. assumptions <laughs> in, in that the role, because, because of the role, right? Because of the roles, but also, you know, he had a scar, he had a scar in his face, you know, that, that was very, you know, like pronounced that people saw and noticed and just, and the assignment, and he, he spoke openly about that, about like how he got it. Right. But right. Th- there's assumption that he was just like, like, you know, like a, a bad guy that just kind of got lucky. He, he wasn't a thug. He was a human. He was a, he was smart beyond what we ever know him to be. Right. And he was incredibly talented and it's still a loss. And I hope everyone look, continues to look up to him, and, and, you know, in that, in that regard, he's an inspiration to a lot of uh, kids out there. No, de- no, definitely. Dr. Jeff, final, final word real quick. What can we take away from this? What should we take away from this? I think exactly what we're doing now, uh, being able to celebrate his life, not concentrating on his death, but celebrating his life uh, because of film. He will go on forever. And of course, if you're a spiritual person, like many of us are here, uh, we know that uh, he sits at the right hand of the father right now. Um, But certainly there are so many lessons, positive lessons uh, about struggle, about success, of Mm -hmm. holding on uh, that I think that we can all learn and pass down to our youth. And of course, the importance of dealing with whatever it is that is difficult in our lives uh, and reaching out to the community to make sure um, they support us and we support them. And that was one of the things that Michael K. Williams did. He supported communities. And you, you yeah. said, oh, Everyone go out there and watch watch all his movies. Have a Michael K. Williams day. It's a really good exactly. day. Exactly. That's, that's a good yes. idea. I like yes, that. Indeed. I like that. Dr. Jeff, before I let you go, I want to tell everybody about the CUNY BMI conference. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of that. 
and uh, a lot of great speakers and a lot of information on this Black Male Initiative Conference. Yes, absolutely. It is the 16th annual CUNY Black Male Initiative Conference, and we call it, Lisa, our state of mind in the era of COVID, racial injustice, and emotional trauma now what, right? Uh, and the reason that we invited you to be our keynote speaker, along with Dr. Eddie Glau Jr., who is the chair in Department of African-American Studies at Princeton, uh, contributes a lot to uh, television news and so on, as you do. Um, it's We know so much has been going on in this upside down world. It's great to be able to talk about what's happening, but what is the blueprint? What is it that we need to know? How do we go forward? How do we use that information? Lisa, you've been doing that for years, uh, and that's uh, what we will be talking with you about. Uh, this conference takes place Thursday, September 30th, uh, 2021, and Friday, October 1st, 2021. Of course, you'll be joining us for the keynote on September 30th, 2021, to talk about uh, Black males and uh, what we see as far as their images and what the true story is about who they are. And, I, and I'm so happy to be, be participating and also to uh, be checking out the other speakers, too, because there's just so much going on right now with our world. And then there's the, the whole overlay of racism, being a black man in America and all of these other issues that people are dealing with externally. But I, I love how you always explain and help us understand how they're how they're affecting us internally as well. Absolutely. And this is an opportunity for you, Dr. Eddie Glau Jr., uh, but primarily our students to talk about in workshops uh, what it is that we're experiencing. But again, what is it that we need to do? What are the empowerment strategies? So we have a couple of workshops on healthy mind, bodies, and spirit, uh, the mental health toll on the CUNY undocumented student population, um, what's happening with the psychology of systemic police violence, uh, the new normal, uh, are we ready for that? Beyond borders, undocumented, and wow. DACA. So many things, uh, Dr. Students. Jeff, we're almost, yes. we're almost out of time, but yes. so the, the conference, you do not have to be a CUNY student in order to participate in the conference, correct? That's right. Anyone can be part of it. It's led by our CUNY students, but it's online and we want you to all be there. And if you would tell folks uh, how they can uh, join right. us. The, the easiest way for people to find information. And again, as Dr. Jeff said, there's a very important conference, not just about, you know, the problems, which a lot of you already know what the problems are. It's about strategies for solutions for living better at this very changeable time that we're in right now, where it seems like there's a lot of instability around us and how to, how to really move forward in a positive way. So if you just Google CUNY, C-U-N-Y, B-M-I conference, the main page comes up for the whole initiative. You'll see, you'll see a big uh, header for the CUNY B-M-I conference. Click on that and it, it sends you right to the link. It's free of charge, which I'm thrilled about for people. It's a great thing to watch for yourself. It's a great thing to get a couple of friends and have a little viewing party. If you want, uh, connect them so you can all watch at the same time and be texting on your phones, talking about the questions. And they have a really great lineup. I'm, I'm honored, very honored to be one of the keynote speakers. And uh, make sure make sure you check it out. Dr. Jeff, thank you so much for the invite and to, to the whole team there at CUNY. I appreciate it. And thank you. And please, everyone, join us for this great two-day event online. Right, exactly. Go Just Google it, uh, CUNY BMI conference and it will come up. It's a black male initiative. Dr. Jeff Gardier, thank you so much for always being with us on Street Soldiers and uh, keep up the great work. We really appreciate it. Thank you.
Thank you. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.